0: Welcome Kara. Hi, Billy. <laughs> Thank you for being the guinea pig, the first guest on uh, my new show.
1: This is so fun. I'm pumped to be here. Are you? Legitimately are yes. You, are you
0: nervous at all or
1: no. I'm just I'm just having a conversation <laughs> with my friend Billy.
0: Oh it's so much more than that, Kara. <laughs> so much more than that. But let me can't uh wait. let me start by turning the music down. I think that's the technical term. And welcoming everyone to the Crowded Hour. I am Billy Baker, and my guest today, my co-host, is my friend Cara Gallagher, who I will introduce by saying that you are one of my favorite people to gossip about.
1: Aw, that's so sweet. (laughs) I'm touched.
0: Now, I know that sounds like a dirty word, but you are so often doing something that is so original or daring that when I tell someone else, it feels like I'm sharing a wild secret I'm not supposed to. Anytime (laughs) I'm like, I get all like, does she want
1: people to know that? That's amazing. And And uh, probably one of the best compliments I've ever had.
0: Well, let me give you another one. You are not boring. And I love the Swedish idea of dividing the world into good and boring rather than good and bad. Mm. So by definition, if you are not boring, you are good. Yes. So okay. let me just quickly get to the concept for this show. And I mean that sincerely. I'm thinking of this as a show where we're all running a show and it's nice to invite someone on New yours. So uh, thank you for being my guest. And let me start with the name of the show, this show, The Crowded Hour which comes from a poem that makes me sound like I read poetry. Mm, but I can't wait to hear this. Occasionally, Please. you know, it appears on my uh, Instagram feed. But this one I've known of for a long time. It's from a poem called The Call by Thomas Osbert Mordaunt, written in 1756 during the Seven Years' War, which, of course, was a war between... Mm-hmm. Oh, I've heard of it, yeah. And, that was my major. Uh, <laughs> and there's a stanza in the poem <clears throat> that goes like this. Sound, sound, the clarion, fill the fife. Throughout the sensual world, proclaim one crowded hour of glorious life is worth an age without a name. Mm. So that is both uplifting and a little depressing, but that's (laughs) that's what I'm chasing in life right now. For a while, I was on this kick where... I was pursuing some sort of algorithm, some like rules for a good life. And Mm -hmm. there's something to that. And it's revealed ways in which I find I feel more comfortable in my own skin, which is, I think, ultimately what I'm pursuing. And that's largely been the topic of a podcast I've been doing for the last couple of years with my friend, Dr. Jody Simos, called Remembering I'm an Animal. But recently, I've narrowed my focus from a good life to a good day. Oh, okay. And I'm very interested in the ingredients of a good day. It's a work in progress, but something I'm certain of is that it involves some time to hang with a friend and do all those wonderful things friends do of being a little bit silly and a little bit naughty and a little bit witty and a little bit deep. And you plug into their energy and they plug into yours and you leave with something hard to describe other than to say it's a reliable way to achieve one crowded hour of glorious life so
1: i love it really <laughs> love
0: it Kara. as you know i wrote a book about friendship called we need to hang out a memoir of making friends it's a good book
1: if you haven't got it you should get
0: it i i i it's um thank you for saying that it it it, it has such a long tail the book's been out for um, like three years now or something. And I still just yesterday, this woman sent me the most heartfelt email I've ever received. Hmm. Not ever. I've received many of them, you know, but the most heartfelt email you mm-hmm. could write to a stranger, an older woman telling me what an impact it had. And so that book,
1: Oh, it's, well, it's an evergreen topic. It's it, not something that was topical three years ago. Like, yeah.
0: It's, it's yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, if surprised. anything, only
0: more urgent, and it's the only one on the shelf still. There are, there are a lot of female books on friendship, but written by a guy about largely men, but about how we all have this problem. It's the only one. So uh, let me just say that uh, that was really a journey about that started when an editor called me to his office with this greatest lie in journalism, which is we have a story <laughs> that you'd be perfect for. And mm-hmm. so your ego gets inflated, you sit down. I look across the desk at him, and he says, we want you to write about how middle-aged men have no friends. And so that started the journey immediately because, one, I said, I'll think about it, which is what reporters say when they're trying to get out (laughs) of doing something. And in the short walk back to my desk in the newsroom at the Boston Globe where I work, I, uh, you know, just quickly take an inventory like, oh, I got my buddy Mark, and I tell oh, God. It's like, when was the last time I talked to him? And, you know, my friend Rory, and I haven't seen him in like a year, you know. So Mm -hmm. I wrote the article. It became a big success. I agreed to turn it into a book. But what I was agreeing to was to go on a journey to figure out my own friendships. Purely selfish. And I documented that. But at the end, the best thing about that whole journey was that it made me prioritize friendship as part of my daily life. And so that's why years later i'm like what what's next on this journey for me and it's like you know what i'm going to start a podcast or i'm just going to have a different friend on each day because you know what they're ordinary people and ordinary people are interesting and in my job i interview a lot of interesting people and you ultimately realize they're pretty ordinary right and Absolutely. and that's okay yeah so uh back to our show to make it more than just a conversation to make it a show i'm drawing from some things I've done in the past, some shows I've loved through the years, to give it a loose, malleable structure, to make it fun, and ultimately to hopefully make it the sort of thing my friends want to come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Just very quickly, years ago when I was a cub reporter at the Danville Register and I hosted a show called Fishing with Billy. Which, really? Yes. I've never heard about
1: this. <laughs>
0: which was a blatant ripoff of a show that used to be on Bravo years ago called Fishing with John, which, who was hosted by John Laurie, who is the lead singer of the Lounge Lizards, kind of okay. like a real like, mm-hmm. you know, deep cut indie guy who some <laughs> for some reason ended up with a show on Bravo, where he went fishing with his friends the joke was he didn't know how to fish, his friends didn't know how to fish, and it would end with him like on a little boat having an argument with Tom Waits or right. something, you know, right. about like what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> so what I liked about that and what I've continued to love through my life is that it it's just a loose enough structure to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very human. And so at the time I was working for this newspaper, small paper, writing features, got to know a lot of people in the community, but it was like,
1: do I know the mayor? You know, I've interviewed mm-hmm. him a
0: million times. Why don't I go fishing with
1: This him? was before you were a big shot at the Globe, uh, before you were the <laughs> Billy Baker.
0: <laughs> well, it that's uh, nice of you to say, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm not to brag. I was kind of a big shot at the Danville Register and oh, B okay, back in the okay, day. Okay, my bad. And so I, this is how big of a big shot I was. Guests on fishing with Billy included Miss Virginia oh uh, yes nancy red was her name she went to harvard uh went on who wants to be a millionaire and won like half a million bucks what then became miss virginia wow fun fact her platform because you have to come up with that bullshit mm-hmm. was 4-h <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't touch the worms when we were fishing screaming about the worms and it was like come on and 4-H? You, you
1: wanted to expose her
0: no, I wanted to celebrate <laughs> her and just reveal again that like interesting people, I mean, you know, important people are ordinary and, and this, yeah. is, this is what real life is. I also went fishing with Play from Kid and Play. No way. Yeah. Who, if you're, I know the first question you're going to ask is, is he the one with the yeah, hair?
1: I, that's immediately <laughs> thought of that. For no, sure. He's
0: the other guy. Uh,
1: Wait, is that where he lived?
0: For some reason, for some small window, yes. Oh, and, that is uh, wild. and we had a hilarious time because it was just the two of us. And he'd never been in a canoe before. And he was, the only life jacket we had was that, like, giant orange one, you know? Yeah. Like, And he was yeah. like, oh, I'm putting that on. I'm doing, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he was great. And then, uh, so through the years, I've also enjoyed things like a Proust questionnaire. Do you know Proust, what that is? no. So you know Marcel Proust, the writer? Yes. Okay. So he, uh, he popularized, did not invent, but popularized a parlor game where he would ask these questions. And the questions were, they were designed to reveal an individual's true nature. And here's, you know, I have in front of me the basic... Proust questionnaire. Are you going
1: to ask me all these?
0: I'm going to ask you things like this. Are we
1: going to find out my true nature today? Well, I mean, this these is, things are this like... This is exciting for me.
0: What is your greatest fear? What is your idea of happiness? Things mm, like that. Okay, so we're going to okay. have some Billy Baker variations on that. These questions were prop- popularized in, I guess it was the 90s. Did you ever watch a show inside the actor's studio?
1: Yes. And at the What's end... What's that guy's name? He, James
0: the- Lipton. Very yes. pompous. Yes. actor guy, right? And, <laughs> More
1: importantly... The Will Ferrell impersonation of James Lipton exactly. is just the best. Yes.
0: I, uh, <laughs> speaking of Will Ferrell, I had to, the Globe, the Boston Globe is updating our bios mm-hmm. and they said, um, they gave us like a format and it's like a very i'd say braggy format like list all your accomplishments list all mm-hmm. and i i wrote like the shortest thing in the world sent it back and they said no 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 no.
1: we need more
0: yeah and i <laughs> i replied to say to a woman i don't know who was running this thing saying like i find that off-putting like when you know when you go to someone's twitter bio and it says like words in and then they rattle all this off it's mm-hmm. like i don't know does, mm-hmm. does that tell me anything um so I resisted and she's like I wrote a whimsical short bio and uh she said it has to be <laughs> I'm arguing with her and she was like, All right, here's here's the bare minimum. Here's the structure. It has to be two hundred words. And so I um To make it continue with the whimsy, but also meet their requirements of uh, highlighting where you've been, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, praised in the past. Sure. I I wrote, uh, I never read the New York Times review of my book, but I, I know that they compared me to, they said it was if the book was filtered through the lens of Will Ferrell.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. amazing. And
0: so I wrote that. And then I wrote, is this a compliment? Like, <laughs> Crest Remark, moving on with my bio. Like, I don't even know the people at the Times watch Will Ferrell movies. They don't that's have an incredible. appreciation. incredible. Incredible, but also like was that was that a compliment? A backhanded compliment? A straight insult? I'm not I'm not sure where to where, <laughs> where to approach it. But anyway, that's now in my official globe bio, me asking the question, oh, is this great. a compliment? So anyway. That's
1: great. Where were we? We were think, talking
0: about inside the actor's studio I James think
1: every globe. episode of yours is gonna be like four hours long because
0: I apologize. No, I need no, no, to get that through not, some uh was. That was
1: that was a sincere <laughs> This is why I love sitting down and having conversations with Billy Baker.
0: And you the same. They go in uh, every direction. Well, that's why I'm trying to give the show a structure. (laughs) Okay, okay. I forgot. Back to the structure. So uh, going back to these things that I've liked that have these leaf structures. In another life, I try to write a book about jugglers. For Mm. years, I never wrote the book. Yeah, I
1: I, I remember you telling me this. Yeah. yeah.
0: I I mean, it was a thing. It was a central focus of my life for years. But uh, turns out the publishing world was like, nah, not a huge market for literary journalism about the juggling world. But I bring it up because the juggling world is built around conventions. So you go to like a week long or weekend long convention. At the end of the convention, many people would go onto this website and they would list their h l g c b s which was your high your low your goal your crush your bane and your surprise
1: oh and that was
0: such a wonderful like even if i didn't go to this convention i'd read everyone you know going through what happened in a structured way right loved it uh years later when i was uh between the fishing with billy era and the boston globe era i was a freelancer for a while and i stole a rough Proust questionnaire idea and I applied it to people who were hot on the internet that week. It was called the meme team. It was on AOL news. That'll tell nice. you how long ago nice. this was. And uh, I would get on the phone with like the, like the double rainbow guy. You remember him? Mm-mm. Or the uh, hide your kids, hide your wife oh, guy. Yeah. Like, things yes. like that. And then I'd ask them, you know, Proust type questions. Amazing. What's your biggest
1: fear? Amazing. How-, how do you even track those people down?
0: my hilarious to do and also continues to be hilarious because all those names are in my my address book and my phone sometimes i'll just scroll along and be like (laughs) whatever happened to the hide your wife hide your kids if i just called him right now like we would just be like see
1: see what his speaker's fee is these days i I mean mean, i remember seeing him on like the rock and like new year's rock and eve one year like what 12 years ago so I want, yeah, yeah You should you call that. him up and get him on <laughs> yeah, your show.
0: Let's call him while we're alive <laughs> on the air. That's not a terrible idea. Uh, okay, and so just, <laughs> just further, uh, 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 do you know what Desert Island Discs is? I love this. this oh, is, you mean
1: like what albums would you take on a desert island? Exactly. Oh yeah, I have mine.
0: Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. So that comes from a, a BBC radio show that's been on the air since World War II. Oh,
1: interesting. Still on the
0: air now. And basically, it's an hour-long interview with some dame or duchess or David Beckham, right? And they, it's a the story of their life, but they interrupt them occasionally and say, Okay, let's hear your first song. And David Beckham will say, You know, this was playing when Paul and I had our first dance and, you know... Great way to steal music. Great way to uh, you know learn right. something intimate about people you already know. Hot ones, you know this show.
1: Mm-mm, No remind wh- me.
0: Where they have celebrities. It's a YouTube show. They have celebrities oh, on. With and the they, hot sauce. They eat increasingly hotter wings, and they get asked questions. Look at us. Uh, exactly, Paul Rudd. Hey. Look at us. Hey, look at <laughs> us. And uh, and then recently, I've been watching a um um. Everyone in this family is way into European soccer, and now there's a just a YouTube show where a guy walks down the street with some icon and does, uh, basically a priest questionnaire, you know, who's the funniest guy in the locker room? Who's a, mm. and I love it. I have always loved it. So I'm stealing all of those wrapping it into this, uh, for a reason to hang out with my friends. So in this show, I'm, I will ask each guest to bring a top five list. What that means is up to you. The only rule is that you don't tell me ahead of time. I'd also like to hear your ideas for the ingredients of a good day. Not a perfect day. I don't I don't think you can chase those. They happen in reflection when you're kind of laying in bed at night. And you're mm-hmm. like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Today was kind of a perfect day, wasn't it? And then uh, a little dealer's choice. I threw this out to you. It will evolve over time. But you could tell me a story. You could teach me something. And then throughout, we will go to the red box, which is in front of me, this red box. Mm-hmm. And we will pull out a blue index card. That contains a Proust style question. Nice. So Kara.
1: Okay. Thank
0: you for coming. I don't know where to start because when I <laughs> when I told you about the top five, I could see your wheels turning uh-huh, and uh-huh. then you were kind of threatening to delay our recording because you said you needed sources <laughs> yes. for your top five.
1: Yes, I do.
0: Let's go with it.
1: This is important. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I
0: mean, I, I'm gonna say yes, but how can I be?
1: Okay. So Um, I don't know when your listeners will hear this episode, but here in New England, we are middle of spooky season, right? Yes, we are. We are mid-October, so got that spooky vibe. So I decided to give you a list of scary things, (sighs) and more importantly, more niche (laughs) the top five scary things that Mormons or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints might be afraid of. Dun dun dun! I'm like. Are <laughs> right, you are you trying to give me some sound effects over there? Oh no, that was just me. Okay, sorry. I was, but I, I hit the <laughs> wrong button. <laughs> boom boom boom. Okay.
0: Ooh, or is nice. it? Or is it this?
1: No no no! It's the first okay, one. Okay, all right. Definitely the first one. Yes.
0: Just throwing that out there.
1: <laughs> so, are you ready?
0: I. I'm gonna say yes.
1: Okay, I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in order of like least scary to most. So, and also, I just I want to preface this very quickly. I, I w- used to be a believing Mormon and member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. So, okay. Th- the reason why I wanted sources is because, as a um, post believing member, I'm in the post world. And something that unfortunate happens for us that leave the religion, our experiences are a lot of times invalidated. So what we experienced as believing members, looking at it through a different lens and like kind of processing what we believed, we might have a believing member defend how we process that. Does that make sense? Like a believing member might say, well, that's not that's not doctrine. Or well, that's not that doesn't happen in every church. Are
0: they defending how you against how you process it, or justifying how they process it?
1: Um, justifying how they process it. Okay. So, so what what now might seem a little silly to me because I don't believe anymore is okay. still probably very important and potentially sacred to them. So that's why I needed to come with sources.
0: I wondered this because could we? you were like just very quickly. Let me tell you about my leaving Mormonism <laughs> thing. No, 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 no. You, this is the obviously a, a a big thing in your mm-hmm, life, very and big. I recently, I had to join TikTok against my better wishes because the Danimal is posting uh, TikToks. We'll have him on. Yeah, the I was going to say he point.
1: he will be on this show shortly. I'm he, sure he
0: will be on and. Somehow or another, TikTok, I guess, whatever, they know who your other friends are. And was like throws in front of me, Kara Gallagher video Mm -hmm. that has like 17,000 views on it or something (laughs) about you sort of deconstructing issues with Mormonism. Yes. And it was like, oh, Kara's going out there. Yeah. As someone who has put themselves out there in the public uh, with things in the past, I, I know that's not a small thing. And I have never... Stepped into what you're stepping into right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a big deal, but it's also been a way to kind of um, give myself some like therapy through this because okay. I was a believing member for 36 years, and then to all of a sudden have your truth pulled out from under you, it was a big deal. So getting wait, on-
0: hold on, you, you there was a moment when you feel like you had it pulled out from under you.
1: Um. Kind of, yeah, yeah, actually. It, it, was, it was a process over a couple of years, meaning I did a lot of like history research. I had like, it was like pulling a thread. I had a thread in front of me that okay. I was like, huh. And so I pulled on that proverbial thread and the more I pulled, I was like, huh, interesting. And then literally one day, everything just fell. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't believe this is true. And that's very jarring as an adult woman to realize everything you've built your life on to that point was someone else's idea of what was true. So since then, I'm now 43. Since then, I've like been rebuilding my idea of what truth is and spirituality. And it's been a process to say the least for oh, sure. <laughs> I mean,
0: that's wild. What? But back to that, like you were pulling on a thread and then one day, what was it about that one day?
1: Oh, man, that's a great question because it wasn't like one fact that I was like, oh, it was just it was just kind of a day where I think my my soul was just like, Kara, come on. You've seen (sighs) so much. Stop researching like it was more that. Okay. like my intuitive self was like, you know what what you know. Yeah. So there's no reason to keep going down this rabbit hole. And there was also very real life consequences from stepping away where a lot of the doctrine is around family and how you have relationships in the afterlife with your family.
0: And you love the afterlife. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: I do like to talk about the Mormon afterlife. It's one of my favorite things. But yeah, there was some very real consequences because I have a lot of family that still believes So as of now, the way that Mormon doctrine and theology is set up, they believe that they will not see me in the afterlife.
0: That's the scary part. That's why those, uh, all religions are structured with this trap door. There are no atheists in a foxhole, right? Isn't it? Mm -hmm. you know, it, my grandma just recently died and she was so certain she was going to heaven to see my grandfather and I, God, I hope she's right. Like, I hope she's right. And I... I feel guilt that I might question um, that that exists. I hope I'm wrong (laughs) and I I hope I'm forgiven at the, at the door where it's like, you're right to ask a few (laughs) questions. Uh, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. I think that's totally normal to feel like that. And ultimately for me, one of my um, shelf breakers or one of my big realizations was like so much of these beliefs that I thought were true were based on fear Okay. And like the fear of like the punishment that this Mormon God would do was keeping me in line. And I had been also studying all kinds of world religions and doing my own spiritual side quest, if you will. (laughs) And this theme of, of God is love became a lot more prevalent in my life. And I finally was like, you know, this is personal. This isn't everyone's experience, but I was like, I think The, the higher power that I'm leaning towards is more about love than fear. Okay. And if, if this higher power wants me to be my best and highest self, I don't think fear is a part of it because fear is this very primal makes you want to climb in a closet and cover up. Like that's, that's not my idea of what a higher power has in mind for you to like be your best self
0: you know? Oh, I know I'm Catholic again. <laughs> 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 or I was raised Catholic. I mean, that is structured on fear. Yeah. You know, mortal sins, uh confession, all these yep. born with original sin. Yep. It's, it's some heavy stuff. I wonder sometimes if religion is just introduced too early in life. Like if, you know, I wish I were just a loosely spiritual person, I kind of came to some conclusions as an adult rather than spending adulthood coming to realizations about the truths or things I was taught as truths. Sure. My children aren't raised with any religion and it's fun to see them Go to, you know, we'll go to church when we're in Virginia visiting my wife's family, and they're listening because mm, they're like, mm-hmm, oh. whereas mm-hmm. I was just trying to meet the requirements of right. Catholic Church, like I need to be there and I can't leave till the homily's over, and I got to get the right. the little program so I can prove to my parents I showed up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, yeah, they're coming into it with more of a curiosity.
0: Yeah, and yeah. That, and that, uh, and like, it's funny. A, I, I don't know where I stand spiritually, other than. When I close my eyes and do whatever this thing is that is often described as prayer, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm talking to myself. Mm -hmm. And I've also had, not to hijack your conversation, I also had a like Catholic freak out moment in Ireland on two different nights where, I mean, of course it happens in like rural Ireland, but we're in a pub. And someone's like, oh, we should go see the Dancing Mary statue. And I was like, what, what's the Dancing Mary statue? Oh, I've
1: heard of this. <sighs>
0: Okay, so, you know, the story is something like two kids were walking along a road one night and they, they look up and there's a statue of Mary on the side of the hill and it's, like, dancing. It's mm-hmm. moving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they go get the whole town and everyone shows up and it quickly becomes a pilgrimage site. And then at one point, I want to say, some, like, atheist blew its head off and tried to steal it. Oh, geez. And they, like, put it back together and started dancing again, like, you a so uh, I'm hearing again the the sort of s- slobbering drunk version of what this thing is, and I'm like, all right, let's go, right? Let's get in the car. We'll go. F- we'll go see this thing. And in my head, I thought it was gonna be one of them, like you'd look at it, and be like yeah, I think
1: yeah, like it. like a magic eye poster, yeah, something yeah. like that. Like yeah, I think I saw it, <laughs> yeah. but
0: no, no, no. no. Like we pulled up and you look up on the hill and this statue is dancing. Really? Like wasn't like occasionally dancing. Like it was dancing and I don't. There's no other way to describe it. It wasn't like its arms and legs were like you know doing the macaroni. Yeah, like
1: like where her hips swing. Was it's she hard like to
0: describe. Hands
1: on her knees, popping it, or what was the dance like? Well, I <laughs> I was so it was. And up, does it change from generation to generation?
0: That I don't know. I uh, uh, what I do know is I was so scared right away so scared yeah i thought that you know when you're a kid there's always a, like yeah you know halloween time like uh, there's, let's go sure. in the cemetery and then sure. she bleeds out of her eyes and nothing happens but you freak yourself out this was happening no question about it i was with two friends and i was so scared that i hopped so <laughs> this is such a popular thing they built like benches and bathrooms like it's right. a, a right. site people right?
1: come from all over to see it
0: exactly it's the middle of the night though so I'm, no one's around i'm sorry
1: I, what year was this
0: this was uh, 1999. Okay. So I hop the fence and immediately start climbing the hill to where the statue is. Not, not, you know, not a huge climb, but I'm going up there. Do you
1: want to get closer to see what the is. I didn't trick know is. what I
0: was doing. I was like, uh, I have enough trust in all these things that I'm supposed to, these are the things that are supposed to protect me. And right now I feel like I'm going to be, I don't know what's going to happen. So I, I go up and as I get closer, I'm looking into Mary's painted blue eyes. Bright blue. And when
1: and I, you say close, like how close were you? So,
0: what I did out of fear was I reached out and I hugged her. <gasps> and she had a halo of lights around her head, like a crown of lights. And the lights went out when what? I hugged her. And I slid down the side of that freaking hill and was like, <laughs> start the car, start the car. We got to get out of here. Sure enough, like a couple <laughs> weeks later, we're telling the same drunken story in a bar to this Australian guy. He's like, let's go. And we go. I don't want to go, but we go. How long
1: were you in Ireland?
0: I spent like four months. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, I missed that detail. I'm like a few
1: weeks later. I thought I was
0: gonna live there, but after a certain point, like I was like, uh, I lived in like the the roughest section of Dublin. So I moved from like Southie to Southie, right? Like I moved from like (laughs) (laughs) the toughest Irish people in America to it it was a bit much. I just look out the window and watch like pregnant women fighting. You know, like it was. It was, it was rough. So anyway, we went back and, uh, he did the same thing. hop the fence, starts climbing up there. I'm with him and I'm like, don't, don't get too close. And all of a sudden I swear wasps start like attacking us. It was really? just, I don't know. We'll say what, cause that sounds biblical, but some yeah. swarm yeah. of insects chased us down the hillside. Wow. I remain rattled by, you know, and I also remain that stupidly, you know, scientific method yeah. raised person mm-hmm. who's like we could figure this mm-hmm. out there's mm-hmm. like there's a tectonic plate underneath or there's there's some explanation but yeah. i think everyone's tried to debunk it and and anyway
1: yeah so the in the year of 2023 like is there a video of this like, oh yeah can yeah. we go online and like look it I'm up sure
0: yeah it's in balance spittle wow <laughs> Yes. Uh wow. Ballin Ireland. There is a dancing Mary statue. Amazing. Uh, I think it's still there. I've looked it up. You know, within the last few years, telling yeah. this ridiculous story to someone and then having to Google it. But uh, anyway, so that, wow. thats cool. my take on religion. Don't touch Mary.
1: <laughs> Noted. <laughs> wow. All right. Top five to, to my list. Okay, and then and then one more one more disclaimer about my roots here as a Mormon so because I don't believe anymore I'm often like you know shunned and like oh you never believe in the first place right is another trope of like believing members okay what I do want to say is I am a seventh generation Mormon my ancestors walked across the plains with the other Mormon pioneers I have ancestors that knew Joseph Smith one of my ancestors was like the mayor of Nauvoo so being a Mormon is like in my DNA So I can't ever separate myself from it. And that is just to say I still have tremendous respect for my Mormon heritage, history, and any Mormons that might be hearing this, this might not be the episode for you. (laughs) (laughs) Just know that I love Mormonism, and sometimes that's a hard concept for true-believing members to grasp because their world is so binary. Okay. And as a post-Mormon, my world is whoo, very gray. There's no more black and white like when I was a believing member. So that's just to say, like I can hold both spaces simultaneously. I can be on this side and like have some fun while also knowing that it, this is still sacred to some people. Okay. Okay. Tell With me that, the title again. Oh. Uh, it's a working title, but the top five scary things that Mormons or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints might be scared of. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Number five, scary things. Coffee and tea or the very appearance of it. So as we're sipping our coffee. Wait,
0: the, the, uh, the, afraid of the appearance of or it? Or
1: the very appearance of even drinking it, yes. So as a believing member, you don't even go into Starbucks to get like a hot chocolate because someone might think you're there for coffee. So coffee and tea is against the word of wisdom, which is the Mormon health code. There's a lot, there's other things on that list, but I specifically want to talk about coffee and tea. Okay. Um, So for some reason, so like I said, there's other things on the list, like eat meat sparingly, right? But for some reason, that one's just kind of off to the side. Like there's like meat in every potluck I've ever been to at a Mormon gathering. So that one's kind of like, no one pays attention to that. But for some reason, they latched onto coffee and a few years ago. There was a talk given by one of the leaders of the church, a woman, um, and she gives this story about a woman who had 10 kids and she was a faithful member of the church, except for one thing. She had one cup of coffee every day. And surely, she, this woman's telling a story, surely this one cup of coffee is not going to keep me out of heaven. And then she goes to get her temple recommend, which is a Pass that Mormons get to go into the Mormon temple. And they have to answer a series of questions to be able to go into the temple. And one of these questions is, do you keep the word of wisdom? And she had to answer no. So the woman giving this story, and keep in mind, this is in front of the entire body of the church. Okay. They have general conference twice a year where every Mormon tunes in to listen. So she starts to get emotional in her talk. And she says, that one cup of coffee kept her from enjoying the blessings of the temple. That's me giving okay. you I'm like, I'm trying to get emotional like she was. Okay. And so she couldn't go to the temple, which means her kids didn't go to the temple because they followed her example. And because she didn't go to the temple, she could not get into the highest kingdom of heaven. So that one cup of coffee kept her out of heaven. Done, done, done.
0: What? What is it about coffee and tea? Is it the caffeine?
1: Oh my gosh, Billy! So, because <laughs> <laughs> listen, this could be a whole other episode about the Mormon word of wisdom. It is fascinating. The short story. I'm is... fascinated
0: by Mormonism. <laughs> you know this. I, I, we had a funny moment where I FaceTimed you from the Mormon tabernacle. <laughs> oh, that's do you right. Remember yes, that? Yes, I do yes. remember that. Yes. Well, we could tell that
1: story. <laughs> <laughs> the short story is back in Nauvoo. Um, Joseph Smith was gathering with other men to get these revelations from God and they were- It's this- funny because
0: Nauvoo sounds like a, 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 like a Narnia mythical place, but what always fascinates me about Mormonism is it's modern. Like Joseph yeah. Smith owned a printing press, right? Like, oh, I yeah. mean, that's why they killed him, right? Cause he burned down someone was else's his printing downfall. press. Yep. That it's printing like press was he his was downfall. recent yeah. enough where he owned a newspaper. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think that's why Mormonism and Scientology are like so open to scorn in in the American public, where you can't scorn anyone's religion, but it's like they don't. It's like you need to be really old for us to not crap on you, as if being really old makes their things stand up. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah. So the short short version of coffee and tea is Joseph Smith was gathering with other men and receiving revelations from God, and what they call the School of the Prophets. Um, chewing tobacco was a big deal back okay. in the 1830s, and they would spit all over the floor, and then just leave. So Joseph Smith's wife, Emma, who cleaned up after them, one day just got kind of sick of it, and she went to her husband and said, um, "Isn't isn't chewing tobacco like not good for you? Don't you think the Lord has something to say about that?" Like the way that she presented it, maybe she was like, "Dude, I am tired of cleaning up this disgusting spit off the floor. Okay. You got to you got to be kidding me." So to to please his wife or whatever, he was like, um, you know what? Yes. And so he told these men that chewing tobacco was not allowed. God thinks it's unhealthy. They didn't like this. The men, they were like, what? Well, if we can't chew our tobacco, maybe the Lord thinks that the women's coffee is not good for them either. So coffee and tea became part of the word of wisdom a short while later. (laughs) So that is like the historical version, but when you grow up as a Mormon, the only version you know is Joseph received this revelation one day of all the things that were good for us and all the things that were bad for us. That's all, like, that's the Mormon version. Anyway, so that's, that's my first thing. Okay. That's number five. Okay. Number four, large bodies of water when you were serving an LDS mission, you should not go near the ocean or swim in the ocean or other large bodies of water if you were a missionary preaching the word. Because, I I just love your face right now, you look so confused. You didn't know how many layers to this there were, did you? So missionaries were told that you should stay away from large bodies of water, don't go swimming, don't stand near them, because Satan has dominion over all the water. So... If Satan knows that you are out there trying to convert people to the one true church, to the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, he will try to take you down because that's the one place that he has power. And so they were told to stay out of the water. Now, in 2023, it's more like, oh, well, no, I mean, we just want missionaries to be safe. So they shouldn't go rock climbing. They shouldn't go swimming in the ocean. Like it's since been kind of softened. Okay. Where, um, you know, people don't say don't go by water because Satan has dominion over the water. (laughs) Like you don't hear that, but that's what I heard growing up. Okay. All All right. (laughs) All right. Number three, scary things that Mormons or members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints might be afraid of wearing a tank top in public. If you have already been to the temple. Dun, dun, dun.
0: Interesting.
1: (laughs) As a woman. If you have been through the temple, which means you did the ceremonies and what the Mormons call um, taking out your endowment and making covenants with God, you would have also received your um, special undergarments.
0: Okay, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's talk about the special <laughs> underwear because I mentioned this the other day to someone, and they just about flipped out like what are you talking about they wear special underwear Mm -hmm. and i don't know enough about it to answer but i just said "Mm -hmm." Mm
1: mm-hmm yep they sure do i did yep
0: you did describe Uh to me what this looks like
1: so for the women um so it's It's, white
0: like describe your underwear i'm (laughs) I'm not wearing it now
1: So for the women, it's white on both. Actually, if you are a military, if you're a member of the military, they actually make a camouflage, not camouflage, I but love camouflage. it's not camouflage. Excuse me. It's like a, it's like a greenish. Tint. Okay.
0: Like an olive. Like yeah. My shirt. Yes,
1: exactly. Yes. Um,
0: my shirt and my pants. Did you notice I'm just wearing <laughs> an entirely olive green outfit? Amazing. I know. I've been showered today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. Thank you for that detail. Not a problem. <laughs> So for most members, it's, it's white and for females, it's like, um, it's like a t-shirt essentially. So if you're wearing a t-shirt, then you're, then you're modest. So it has like these cap sleeves and the neck kind of comes in this like square neck, just below your collarbone. Um, and then, you know, it's nice and long, so you can tuck it into your bottom piece, which is, um, it goes right below your knee okay for men and women the bottom piece goes right below your knee and then for men the top is like Isn't a t-shirt
0: fun on, on oh,
1: you know what there's I mean that's again a whole we could talk about the garments I mean yes there are many people that had a lot of like physical problems from wearing these um, but they were told that it was you know for your protection and it was a, it was a symbol of your covenant okay that you made with God. Now, again, going back to, you know, when I grew up and when my, like, my parents were wearing their garments. And, okay. Um, you didn't take them off for almost any- anything. You wore them all the time. In okay. fact, when I went through the temple, I was told, you wear them all the time except for the three S's. Swimming, sex, and Exercise? No. What was the third S? Let me guess. (laughs) Oh, showering. Oh, that's nice of them. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yes. So anyway, um, because you were told to wear them at all times, if you were ever seen out in public, so if you were to like as a endowed member of the church, and if I were to like be at a park wearing a tank top just on like a normal Tuesday, where it was obvious I didn't come from the pool or whatever. And if I saw another person that goes to my church and they saw me, I would be like, oh no, they saw me wearing my tank top. Like I just wouldn't do it. I would be in my, I would wear my garments at all times because I didn't want anyone to think that I was not keeping my covenants that I had made in the temple. It was very serious because that person might tell my bishop and then i'd be in my bishop's office and he'd be asking me like why i lost my testimony what's going on so there we go all right keep your garments on all right
0: ready for more uh, yeah wait uh, i i've blown i've blown my one sound okay. effect i okay. spent all my let me let okay. me okay. i don't know if i should but i uh one of the reasons i love podcasting or mm-hmm doing a show as opposed to writing is because you can have a thought and then you just send it away you just throw it down the river right so like (laughs) gonna be a good
1: day it's gonna send it we're just
0: gonna send it and this is how we're gonna send it you ready it's gone
1: (laughs) What was that from? The send it.
0: That's uh, Larry Enticer. He's like my my younger son's like a <laughs> spirit animal. He's this Canadian snowboarder guy who just like crashes into things and crushes like bushlight. That.
1: That's gonna be my new daily affirmation. Oh
0: yeah, you've never seen. I mean, he's like a minor. It's gonna internet be a good star. day. Yeah, just
1: gonna be a good day. It's <laughs> gonna send it. And, and then
0: he gets on a snowmobile and crashes into something uh, in that moment. But uh, amazing. And, uh, and I like this on the, uh, cause I'm sure you have these moments where you're laboring over something. You just, you're, mm-hmm. you just get to that. Fuck it. Like I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna.
1: Yep. On, go on, on we go. Yeah. Okay. All
0: right. On we all go. right.
1: Here we go. Number two. We're getting close. Okay. Number two. Um, scary thing that Mormons might do having sex before marriage because it's also like you almost murdered someone.
0: That's why those all the blood.
1: <laughs> Billy, oh my gosh, <clears throat> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, send it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. No. It's, it's, <laughs>
0: no, that's not it. It's Damn based
1: it. in scripture. Oh, actually, okay. yes. So this, murder. Yes. So we have.
0: I'm just gonna murder that. So <laughs> stop,
1: stop. <laughs> Get your
0: head out of the gutter, Kara. <laughs>
1: Listen, I need I need you to think like a Mormon right now and like be super embarrassed about that we're even I'm talking about sex. I'm not gonna be embarrassed.
0: Sex. I I had this on my notes. You more than any other person I know says things that I then say that's what she said you know this to be true I should back up the reason I know Kara is she was a coach at and is now the owner of the of CrossFit Cape Ann where I go and you are up there in front of it just yesterday you're up there like alright I want you to go really hard but keep it soft and I'm just biting my tongue in the back of the class like don't do it, Billy don't do it you don't know some of these people in here they don't need your inappropriate so, sense of humor coming so to in to be fair i'm
1: just like saying normal things in context
0: but they're like they're like layups <laughs> they're like middle school layups and i'm just like don't do it Billy. Oh. and i do it you know i do it there's been my other yeah. times where i just look at you and you're like i know yeah, what yeah. i know what you're gonna say <laughs> i know what you're gonna say
1: <laughs> that's what she said <laughs> oh all right
0: we actually uh ho- i knew
1: exactly what to do but in a much more real sense i had no idea what to do okay so we, <laughs> do,
0: we have michael scott on
1: here oh that that is so appropriate okay for mormons and sex that's perfect <sighs> yes okay. i meant to do that that's perfect so let me let me give you like the basis of this so Obviously, taking someone's life is a very serious sin. Okay, like, I think even if you're not religious, that's like top of things of like what not to do.
0: <laughs> I, I'd agree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't do it. The top. I don't, mean, it, it's one of there's the top. Some things. other
0: candidates, right? You know, just like those people life. that just have a conversation on speakerphone when you're on the train.
1: <laughs> <sighs> so this idea is from the Book of Mormon, which is the Mormon scripture. This is the gold plates that Joseph Smith found buried in the Hill Cumorra, Um mm-hmm. if and, you're not uh, familiar. And Trey
0: Parker and Stone musical.
1: Yes, uh, which is like one of the most accurate um, retelling of Mormon history you'll ever see. Those
0: guys they do nailed not it. miss. They, they nailed do, it. Do you see their COVID special? I'm not like a huge South Park guy. And no, I didn't it was see that. Like, or the Harry and Meghan one. Oh my gosh. You want uh, uh, an entertaining 30 minutes? Watch them boom roast Harry and... Is that right? Harry yeah. and Meghan? Am yeah. I saying that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for they're like, We don't want attention as they're right, like right. <laughs> appearing live on <laughs> Oprah on to Oprah. say we yeah. don't want attention. <laughs> right. Oh, South Park. <self-perk. clears throat> they don't miss. Um, but so yeah, ahead, if
1: sir. if you if you're have no idea about Mormon history and you want like a quick recap, go watch that episode because they they nail it. That's okay. they they nail it. They got the most. Yeah, you were talking about the musical first off. Sorry, never I never saw I missed it. That. Did you see it? Yes. Really? I cried. I Is that like so a good
0: place to meet uh, people leaving Mormonism? They're like throwing their underwear at the stage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, the one I went to, there was none of that. Okay. But I could be missing out on something. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. The Book of Mormon is where this scripture is from. Um, it's from Alma chapter thirty-nine, and one of the these ancient prophets is is telling um, is um, talking about how this guy was on a mission and he went after this harlot Isabel, and that's not a good thing to do. And the scripture says, "Know ye not, my son, that these things are an abomination in the sight of the Lord? Yea, most abominable above all sins." save it be the shedding of innocent blood or denying the Holy Ghost. So this is a scripture that was retold as you're growing up as a Mormon. And more importantly, we went to what they call seminary, which during your high school years, you have like extra classes about Mormon scripture. I went, I was in Utah. So it was like part of my high school day. If you don't live in Utah, you go to early morning seminary. You go before school starts. So when we get to this part of the Book of Mormon as teenagers, this is when we're told, like, if you have some type of sexual sin, it's just, it's, it's, you murder someone and then right below that, sex. So this is like what you're told (laughs) growing up as a normal red-blooded American teenager. And then (laughs) it's time to get married and you don't ever, like, you don't, like that's that's the the Mormon sex education is okay. like abstinence because do you do you want to be an almost murderer or not? If you don't want to be an almost murderer, then you are going to save yourself for marriage. But then you don't know any like you don't actually talk about sex because that's just not part of the Mormon culture. There might be okay. some families that had a healthier outlook. But
0: okay, is there like a confession <laughs> thing like in Catholicism? Like, yeah. can you go get yourself absolved? And it's go back worse. In? Oh, it's okay. worse than.
1: Then Catholic Just confession. say three our
0: fathers and Hail Mary and because, just get out of here, kid. Yes. Yeah. In,
1: in Catholicism, you have that partition where it right. like, takes away some of the shame because you're just like, you know, they know who you are maybe, yeah.
0: right? Oh, uh, they know. <laughs>
1: but in Mormonism, you confess sitting across the desk with no partition. Okay. And you're talking to this leader in your church. Like
0: you and I right now, and you have to just open mm-hmm. up. Ooh, yeah. I let, now I'll let you say it. I like the partition. Yeah. And you're also sitting uh, shoulder to shoulder, like sideways. You're mm-hmm. both sitting sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That
1: works. And, and not only are you face to face, but you're also just talking to like the volunteer clergy where this dude is like also your high school PE teacher or he's like your plumber that comes to your house. Right. Uh So you're like a teen. By the way, this is something that I think is a really serious problem in the Mormon church, by Uh the way, where these teenagers starting at the, at the age of 12 sometimes are required to confess in front of these adults without any other, like their parents aren't around um, anyway, it's a bad practice.
0: As you're saying all this, my one interaction with Mormonism in Utah. I w- I went on this trip. At the end of the trip, I got dropped off at the Mormon campus in downtown Salt Lake City because I had a few hours to kill before my flight. All my friends had already left, so I was at the Mormon campus and I Facetimed you, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Hey, guess where I am? You know, and behind me is or the spires of the tab. T- temple. What's the main thing? The tabernacle, the temple. The temple. Yeah. Okay, and uh." You said uh, okay. So around you right now, you'll probably notice there's some like young, attractive women. And I was like, yeah, actually, yeah. Just (laughs) you're right. He's like, they're kind, they're uh, and so they're kind of like mingling, kind of looking at you. And I'm like, yeah, that's so. How do you know that? And you're like, yeah, they're going to try and recruit you. And I was like, that's exciting. (laughs) As I'm loudly like yelling on little, they want me. And so I hang up with you and it felt weird. I could feel them like circling. So I made a dash for like the visitor center mm-hmm. and uh, I walk in and I'm like, hey, do you have like, you know, like the, like just like that, like tearaway map, like something I could just do so I know what I'm looking at. And there was a woman behind the counter and I swear she looked down at my hand and saw I didn't have a wedding band on, even though I'm married, I mm-hmm. don't wear one. Mm-hmm. And she turned behind her and there were like 10 young ladies mm-hmm. standing there and she looked at them and was like, okay, you and no she didn't she like handpicked your escorts. yeah (laughs) and i was like what's going on and then we had an orgy it was awesome (laughs) no (laughs) then what happened is i was like never felt a desire to flee attractive young ladies before but i was just like no map's fine you have the map the map's good and i just like kind of speed walked the whole campus so um I, yeah, I had neither a conversion or an orgy. Uh, and I...
1: Because those are the only two options. If well, you're the gonna third talk to third option, them. There's no which, in between.
0: Uh, my friend, and I don't know if this is true or not, the friend who I was on the trip with, who was really into Mormonism was like, you know what Mormons love? Sweets.
1: Oh, the, he, this is true. And he was like, So when you're
0: down there, go to the any like baker any sweets place around there, like you'll eat the best stuff on earth. So yeah. I'm like shoving like cookies in my mouth. Yep. That was like my Mormonism experience. Well
1: remember we talked about the health code early yeah. on. And like, so sweet sugar is not in that health code.
0: <laughs> so that's like the drug of choice in Mormonism? Yes.
1: They can't they can't drink alcohol, but you know what's on every corner in Salt Lake or in Utah County mostly is a soda shop. Okay where it's oh, a drive thru right. And you can get your 64-ounce Dr. Pepper, a <laughs> couple, couple pumps of coconut in there. It's called the Dirty Dr. Pepper. Ooh. Yeah. Dirty Dr. Dirty Pepper. Dirty Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yep. So they don't drink alcohol, but they do have their Diet Coke on the way to school every morning.
0: Okay. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Uh, are, we, okay. uh, are we on to uh-huh. number one uh-huh. Uh-huh. on the list of, <clears throat> of spooky things about? Mormonism.
1: that Mormons could be scared of okay okay and the number one actually if this is my list so my number one okay not getting to the top tier of heaven because then you will have no genitalia and therefore cannot have sex in the afterlife <laughs> <laughs> and that is what you call a pregnant pause which by the way if you do make it to the top tier of heaven, if you're a woman, you will be pregnant for eternity. Yay. Congratulations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's three tiers of heaven. And if you make the top tier of heaven, you are with your your husband. And as a woman, you also have like a bunch of sister wives. And if you make it to the bottom tiers of heaven, if you don't make it to the celestial kingdom...
0: Does everyone go to heaven or is there also Everyone goes to heaven. Oh, okay. But you can be like ranked third.
1: Yeah. So the interesting thing about the Mormon afterlife um, that's different than other, you know, Christian religions is they don't believe in like a fire and brimstone hell. Okay. They have those three tiers of heaven, but they do believe in what they call outer darkness, which is like their version of like really bad hell, but very few people end up in outer darkness. You have to like, you know, essentially see God and then, and then tell people you didn't actually see God and that God's not real. Okay. Those are called the sons of perdition. Is that where you're
0: going? Is that where they're sending you?
1: i mean there might be some mormons out there who think yeah if having this conversation that i've been having with you yeah i hope you don't go
0: there if it exists at least go to tier two is that like you take one boob with you or (laughs) (laughs) you're kind of (laughs) pregnant
1: no not no you cannot you cannot have marital relations in the lower kingdoms
0: okay and then but what 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 are the attributes of? oh so part two so, what do you get to take? What do you leave behind?
1: <clears throat> so the, the Middle Kingdom is for like Mother Teresa. What? Because um, oh, yeah. she's not
0: Mormon? or yeah, because? correct. Oh, okay. So she was great, but she just didn't. She correct. just wasn't a Mormon. Correct. Okay.
1: So again, back to that South Park episode, you know that clip when everyone's in hell? I don't remember. <laughs> everyone's in hell. And like Mother Teresa, I think, is in this episode. And they're like, how did we get here? <laughs> who, who was right? And then the person at the podium is like let's see oh it it was the mormons yes the mormons <laughs> so anyway middle kingdom is for like good people but they but they didn't but they didn't accept the true restored gospel of jesus christ and then the bottom kingdom is for like i mean like the the murderers and okay you know the people that didn't do good things
0: but like you say you can't bring your genitals to one can you bring them to two no okay
1: The only place you have genitals is the top tier.
0: Okay. You have, all right. And then two, the women are eternally pregnant? No, because
1: you don't have genitals.
0: Okay. Where are they eternally pregnant? Three?
1: Celestial, the top tier. Yeah.
0: Wait, that's a good thing to be eternally pregnant?
1: (laughs) I know that was my joke. No, I don't think it is, but that's that's what your You're future is. You're a woman is. who's
0: had triplets. Do you want to be internally pregnant, <laughs> no, Carol? You could probably no. answer this uh, no, that sounds better like a than nightmare. most.
1: No, that was me being facetious about being internally pregnant. <laughs> oh, oh, but, okay.
0: All right. But
1: yeah, that is your future okay. if, if you make it to the celestial kingdom because you and your husband will make babies forever oh. and populate other worlds with your babies that you create. I don't hate that. I do. I don't want to be pregnant forever. I mean, just you Get know, here.
0: cycles, nine months, right? Isn't pregnancy actually ten months?
1: It's a it's a long time, but like however it, long it is, it's eternity. Sounds like hell. I that, feel like that. Not, actually not that sounds way, like hell. It's
0: like that you just in nine months is given, uh, spoken as a given, but yeah, it actually is it's more 40, like ten. It's forty
1: weeks. Yeah, technically.
0: Yeah, so closer to ten months, right? Yeah, yeah. it's weird. Why haven't we revised that? You know what else is always wear? They always say a uh, year is 52 weeks. It's 52 weeks on a day. Why do we pretend like the, that other day ain't just hanging there? Anyway, uh, all right. So, so, so
1: that's it. That's my that's my number one thing.
0: That's uh, let's just send that down the river, mm-hmm. okay? Kara, let's uh, let's move on to okay. the the scary red box. So in front of me, I have a red plastic box containing uh blue index cards. I find it important. You know what those colors are. I've written down some uh, fun questions. I have uh, shuffled them. We're already at a crowded hour, so let's wrap with okay. five speed questions. Okay. Okay. And you Can't can wait. take time to answer them. You don't have to speed them. Okay, okay. First question, Kara. What would you like the first line of your obituary to read?
1: Great question. Um, okay. I got it. I got it. Give me a second to like frame this. Cause I'm not, I'm not a published author like you, Billy, but I'm also a writer. So I have to like <laughs> put things you. in my head. I Everyone leaves this world with regrets, but the success of this life is making peace with those regrets. Wow.
0: <laughs> Some deep shit. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> go to two. Kara, if you could take a road trip with any three people, living or dead, who would you take, where would you go, and what car would you drive?
1: Wow. These are great questions, Thank Billy. Thank you, Kara. Thank you. These are really good, which like, kind of frustrates me. I have to answer them on the spot. I that's know. part I, of it.
0: I've had a chance to think about them, and that's I still don't know it. the answers to them. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, okay. Okay.
1: Uh, so... Let's start with the kind of car. We're in a Winnebago. We are like riding in style. Okay. Okay. I want lots of room. Okay. Okay. And then three people living or dead. Okay. So let's see. I think I'm going to choose Cleopatra.
0: Ooh. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. She's coming along. Um, I'm also going to choose um, Princess Diana. Lovely. So far royalty. That's interesting.
0: Oh, intro, yeah.
1: Okay. And then my last person. Let's see. Um, I'm going to bring along Rihanna.
0: Also a queen. <laughs> also a queen. <laughs> that
1: sounds like a party, right? It does. It does. And it where does are you going? Women? Oh, where are we going? Okay. Um. Let's see. I think... I mean, can it be anywhere? Yeah. Like in the world, right? Oh yeah. Cause I immediately just thought of like all the roads in the US. Anywhere. Okay. Um, we are well, I know you just said anywhere in the world, but we're in Alaska. Okay. In the summer.
0: Oh, all right.
1: Like hitting everywhere.
0: Hitting all the sites. Yeah. Kodak moments, yep. just like selfies. Um
1: Yeah, we're we're like getting in we're we're having a stop and we're getting in the helicopter to go watch the bears. In the Salmon Run, like we're...
0: Let me ask, a, let me add a, a, a clause to this question. Uh, what are y'all listening to in the car?
1: I mean, unless she tells us not to, like Anti by Rihanna. Okay. So I, circling back, that's one of my Desert Island Ooh, okay. albums. So we're listening to that. And then I think it would be fun to introduce Cleopatra to all of the contemporary music starting from like the 50s on. So we'd have like a okay, these are all the top hits from the 50s, top hits from the 60s. So we have like a goal of how we're going oh, to get right. that music.
0: All right, that's good. Uh I know I said five questions, but these are fun. All right. <laughs> if you had to enter a talent show, what would you what would your talent be?
1: Oh man, this question like brings up some 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 stuff in the basement. I never really felt like I had a talent. So there were lots of talent shows in my growing up years, especially in the church. That yeah. was like their favorite thing to do. It was like, oh, Ward talent show. And I never really felt like I had anything to like truly offer. I never offer. did either.
0: I've never been on a talent show. I've never done karaoke. I've never like that whole you have, thing. You
1: haven't done karaoke no, ever? No. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh, man. And I, I love karaoke. when it's happening. Like, I'm just like, Ugh. I mean, I'm,
1: I'm terrible at it, but it's so fun. Give me, give me a microphone in a in a dark dive bar. Let's go.
0: Um, all right, but you, you know you don't have to you know twirl a baton or something. What talent would it be, Kara?
1: <sighs> Let's see. I'd probably, I'd probably like recite a poem from something I remembered still from second grade.
0: Okay. I I have a suggestion for you. It just popped into my head. Just get up there and say things where you're just daring the audience to say that's what she said. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Describe a CrossFit workout in detail.
1: Go hard, (laughs) but not too hard. Yeah. We have to save a little bit for the end. (laughs)
0: Oh, Kara, this might be... Kara, when was it? this is a uh, you know uh, an honest? Go- I don't know. This oh has been in my uh, repertoire for a while, but I don't oh know that I've ever addressed it to a woman.
1: Oh no, I'm nervous. Okay,
0: Kara, and I'll be glad to answer it if you want to pass. Okay. When was the most recent time you shit your pants? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now you're gonna answer that one. <laughs> that's,
1: uh... Oh man, that's a great question. Yeah,
0: because we all have, right? Um. Never trust a fart you know. over forty, right? Isn't that what they say?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a bumper sticker on the back of my car that says that. No. Um, okay. So I re- it's been a while. I wanna say like during one of my pregnancies. Okay. Yeah. So either twelve or thirteen years ago.
0: Okay. Just gambled and lost.
1: Yeah. 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 I so mean, they, all all sorts of things are happening down there.
0: Yeah. Like, you carry three in there at once. I imagine, yeah. like, yeah, you made. Yeah. Been, it's been the t-
1: wild, wild west down there. Okay. When you get to a certain point, like, you don't know what's coming or going, like, what it looks like down there. So. let right. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, eternally pregnant sounds like hell.
0: I, I believe it. I, I believe <laughs> it. Um, uh, Kara, do you have a recurring dream?
1: Oh, you know what? Okay, so this is a great question because I did. And when I, for years, I had this dream that I was in this certain house. And it was like one of those dreams that's so vivid. Like I can still see the room that I was in. And um, I would often dream of the outside of this house. And I could like see it was was on the water. It was right near, it was like kind of up on a cliff. And it had this gazebo by it and the details inside the house I can still remember really vividly and and then I then I stopped having the dream and one day I'm walking near my neighborhood I live not far from here and I'm walking in my neighborhood and this and I'm like looking down the street and this house and I'm like oh that's a that's a quaint little house and then there's a gazebo next to it and I kind of got these weird chills and I was like Oh my gosh, that kind of reminds me of that house that yeah, I was in I my get recurring hair dream. Standing up on my, I don't again, like the story. And again, <laughs> and again, yeah.
0: I'm a scaredy cat.
1: So, yeah. I mean, we could talk about this another time. Right. But I also, I mean, part of my new like spiritual beliefs is I believe in like multiple timelines and lives.
0: Yeah, what- <laughs>
1: <laughs> just just. I'm supposed to be
0: like one more question. We just, forgot to address that. Just side. FYI. Wait, what, what, what <laughs> describe to me? You, you at one point like started a side business. Uh, <laughs> one of your side quests where you were doing what or are doing what? Yeah,
1: readings. Yeah, readings. Yeah, like um, like I I use like oracle cards and tap into like other people's energy. Like if the reading the person I'm doing the reading for, I'll like tap into their energy and they like help them get guidance through these cards for their life.
0: Okay. (laughs) You're the perfect October guest, Kara, aren't you? Uh, All right. Final question. Okay. Kara, your final question is, who would you like to play you in the movie of your life?
1: Ooh, another great question. Did you think of all of these? These these are like, Uh, some of these, like Billy originals. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, so I, I, I had done that meme team thing for years and I just, I did it for like 50 people or something. So they're hard to come up with, but when they, you, you know, you write them down and then you add them to the list yeah. and kind of rotate them, sometimes they would be, um, they, they were like time specific. Some of them were like, uh, what's your least favorite thing about Facebook? You know, <laughs> cause like Facebook was like new at the time, yeah. but I, I ain't going to ask you that. Uh, but yeah, who would you like to play you in the movie of your life?
1: <sighs> okay. Um, I hope I say her name right. Um, can I can I just like Google the name real quick? Because I y- want to make sure can. I say the name right. So stand by. Oops.
0: And let me while you're doing that. Are you or is this person based on appearance, choosing them for appearance temperament? Yeah. Uh, so
1: so th- so okay. I was right. Um, Catherine Hahn. Catherine. Yes. Um, she was in. I know her. Yes. Uh, yes, and she's funny. Yes. And she's smart, and she's also kind of a little chaotic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think she's pretty. I mean, to, I mean to be honest with you, I have a little bit of a crush on her. So that's, that's I mean, yeah, maybe that's part of the
0: If you would ask me that question, it would be like, which man am I
1: sexually <laughs> attracted to? Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Which, w- by the way, have you been watching her. this
0: Beckham documentary series yes. on Netflix? Yes. am God, is that man handsome.
1: It's unfair. <laughs> it's like, oh,
0: like just watching him through the years. And even now yeah, he's like my he, age. And I'm just like, he's like this hey, silver, leave some for the rest fox. of us, baby. Know. Huh? And he's nice and likable and empathetic and and, uh, and all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Kara Gallagher. I'm going to hit the music and we will wrap up. The first episode of The Crowded Hour.
1: Billy, this was so fun. I'm
0: so thankful that you, I, were, you were the perfect first can guest. Can I have
1: like a final thought? I know you're yeah. doing the music, but I'll say, no, I can say you it through have, the
0: music. Uh, you have a minute and three seconds okay. till this song is over.
1: Okay, so I just, circling back to my Mormon roots, we had this idea of Zion. And I still hold true to that. Meaning, I think we can still live in Zion, where everyone just allows everyone to believe what they want. And that's how we have world peace, except if you're hurting other people. Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Thank you, everyone.
1: Thanks, Billy. This was really fun. Thank you for the great questions.